far back. Hi. We're so sorry. <laughs> and as you can hear, with me today, as always, on our Babblecast adventure, and we are right now at the Babblecast Adventures, is Diego. Say hi, We're Diego. We're so sorry. We're so very sorry. <laughs> to ourselves. Wait, wait. Yeah, hi. A little bit of a rough block. We'll get into it. And I'm Vincenzo. And we hate ourselves. And apparently some small part of us hates you. Because we're going to talk to you about it. <laughs> but hopefully... Maybe it's a warning? Hopefully what, we, what we do tonight will be entertaining in, in our suffering. Yeah. We live to entertain. I mean, we don't live to entertain, but we do this, I assume people are... People must enjoy it for some reason. We do it in a non-professional manner. Yeah, that's true. We do, uh, we do it in a colloquial podcast form. That said, I was listening to college radio this weekend. <laughs> and I'm just listening to some of the... I was listening... And I'm listening to some, two of these DJs kind of vamp. And I'm just like, you know, it took however many years I've been doing the podcast. Cast, but I think they need a little practice. <laughs> I'm listening to better, cheaper podcasts than this. <laughs> they're out there. Believe it or not, they're out there. There's a lot it's of great there. podcasts out there. Oh, shut up. Fuck you. <laughs> the fuck was that? that, was, that was... I hate that. Like, I, oh, I hate this show. <laughs> so today, oh. we are talking about, in, in the loosest of terms, the final Babylon 5 film that was aired on TNT, A Call to Arms, and the spin-off of Babylon 5, Crusade, the 13-episode abortion. <laughs> no, that's the problem. It went the fucking term. Oh, God. Someone should have aborted the fucker. <laughs> they tried. Oh. Oh god. So yeah, so that's what we're talking about. Um we may be not hiding our feelings very well. Not like we really hid our feelings before her. Yeah. Some sometimes we're coy. Rarely. We're not coy, we have strong feelings. Uh, oh no. And, and this is and just boy, do we have strong feelings this time. We yeah. do. Like, this was... I think there's not a one of us who didn't just watch what we needed to watch in the last seven to ten days. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. There's 13 episodes in a movie, and there was just not a day where one of us didn't go on the group chat and just be like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It, it was a fun experience seeing all of us watching in different staggered chunks. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you were... You were... In time either one episode behind me or one episode ahead of me. <laughs> and I think I was a couple episodes ahead. And we just kept on we kept on talking you'd talk about an episode and I'd be like I haven't seen it yet, that sounds horrible and then I'd see it and I'd say yes that was horrible. <laughs> and then just scream for an hour in a panic room. The one unredeeming thing is that group chat. <laughs> Of us just like commiserating in our misery. <laughs> misery is right. Um, misery. Loves All right. Misery. And this show is definitely needs some company. 
So, A Call to Arms was the the fourth and final feature length film in the Babylon Five universe that was um, that was like part of the original deal with TNT for um, for a film. So it's also chronologically the last one as well. Yes. And it is um, a lead up to a little anime you may know called Starship. No, no, never mind. No, that's not what this is. Starship Troopers. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, no, I actually like Starship Troopers. <laughs> it's actually good. That, that it made fun of itself. Fun of that film, luckily, I'm glad. It was. I thought it was always like a cult classic. I, think so I feel like for a long time the, the general opinion was negative, and now it sort of I think shifted. I just like how ridiculous it is. Yeah. And I've been told enough that how different it is that I definitely don't really feel like reading the book. Yeah. Now, now that we live in the fascist hell world that is in the movie, it makes more sense. <laughs> yep. So, um, this, uh, as anyone who's been following us knows that these films, for the most part, focus on a couple of main characters, a few main characters, because they just don't have the budget for all of the main characters. Yeah, and they, they literally say that. There's a lot of main characters. We just can't afford to get characters that work together in a film. Right. So this epi- this this film had um, Bruce Boxleitner, Jerry Doyle, and Tracy Scoggins. So Garibaldi, Sheridan, and Lockley. At least these three make sense in a story. Yeah. Sure. Great. Better than uh, Third Space's setup of characters. Well, everything except the bulk of Crusade is better than Third Space. I thought everything was better than Third Space. River of Souls was wrong. Third Space. True. It's just it's just a, such a fucking clusterfuck. Why didn't someone take the pin away and lock him up? Because he was still running high from Babylon 5, so they're like, this will work out. What? Someone should have taken the pen away and locked him the fuck up. He's obviously insane. We'll get to it once we actually get to the crusades, but I feel like it's like he had a lot of leftover ideas from Babylon 5, and then he just made crusades. No, so no, it's like Babylon 5 clearly had gestation and thought and planning. I say. I don't know if I can agree with that with Crusade. With Crusade. No, not remotely. Alright, so... We are also... But, but yep. Of course, it's all TNT's fault. Anything that it was wrong okay. with the show is TNT's fault. Yep. So We'll get into that later. A couple of things to note for this particular film. Is Straczynski swears that it's not a, like a pilot to Babylon 5 Crusade. It is absolutely, yeah. like, at least a prologue to it. Because it really sets everything up. You have, char- you have, what, two characters? Two, yeah, two side characters from Crusade show up in this. As main characters in this film. You have both Galen, the Technomage, and Darina. The Thief. Yeah. Darina, the Thief. Darina, the Thief, you're Thief for the next story. For the next campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to Babsy Thief. And you have like so the Techno Mage 
is playing the classic wizard role where he is forcing the plot. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, he show up in the actual like physical part of the story. He just literally drags other characters into his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mention it. He doesn't actually physically interact with anyone on the ship. Never seen like, in the same physical space. It's always a projection or some other bullshit. Hey, you're in my mind now. Now you're with the. You don't really see him phys- like you don't see him share space physically until the very end with Doria. Yeah. And that was for like a scene. Yeah, so we're calling it, and like we're gonna be on a TV show. Let's let's strut. <laughs> strut off into the other plot. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. That's too strong. <laughs> Into the other series of happenings. There you go. Yeah, that sounds like it. Um, so, I don't, like, the the basic plot of the show, of the, of the film, is that the, the Drock, apparently having gotten off really nicely, with um, fucking with the Centauri, want to go Earth now? Even though, really, for all intents and purposes, Earth was an ally to the Shadows. Yeah. yeah. Like, three humans were against them. Minor details. It, it was Minor literally like, the folks on Babylon 5 who were their enemy. Yeah, but no, let's go over all the humans. So they're going to punish the entire human race. They would honestly, lo- not that unreasonable. Honestly, not the dumbest thing that we're going to talk about tonight. No, mm-hmm. that's true. I suppose we should pace ourselves. <laughs> like, Why? this plot is Why? fairly stupid. Yes. So, they have a, they have one of those shadow cloud weapons, which used to be fucking destructible, mm-hmm. but you make a frankly, really crack our ship. And all of a sudden... <laughs> Not as effective. We've cracked his plot armor. Yeah. So, yeah, the the, 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 the shadow cloud killer has no more plot armor is basically it. Yeah. But they, and then when they can't kill the entire planet with their cloud weapon, they decide, they, they had watched a lot of old Earth television and gotten some plot ideas. <laughs> and they decide to release a plague on the planet. A bioweapon, if you will. Yeah. And that's where the movie ends. So it's the only movie to take you to the class of it and go, by the way, go fuck yourself. Nothing ends well. Yeah. Pretty much. And you know what? Here's a Stop TV show. there. You don't need to see the resolution of this. There's a resolution to this? There isn't. You never get to see it. Yeah. No. You will never get to see it. I know I know enough about Lost Tales to know that. <laughs> they might oh. mention it in the Lost Tales of, yep, we solved that problem. They may. And I don't know because I, I purposely haven't, like, obviously haven't spoiled myself. But at the same time, from what I understand surrounding the timeline and the plague, 
it may almost just be a, I'm here, it's after five years, guess we figured it out. <laughs> and just something of note for everyone, uh, none of us have really watched this before two weeks ago. So this is brand new to everyone, not just me. Yeah. We're sorry. <laughs> I had seen Call and, we didn't know. I, I had seen Call to Arms and enjoyed it well enough because it, it is the right kind of stupid at times. I saw Call to Arms and I don't I didn't remember much and having I mean, we watched it now, I know why. Yeah. Cause it's pretty stupid and we have close enough to the great beast that is Babylon 5 that I don't understand anyone who was watching this like when Babylon 5 was being aired and went this is good yeah wow. the way it's good is if you watch it immediately after watching the other two movies because yeah. this one at least has some sense to it how does he get away with this much thievery though what like, uh, how do you get away with that it's the fucking Yamamoto <laughs> I mean okay so do, do we want to discuss the plot inspiration we'll say I think we have to this is a okay. good time as any as our bridge between this and the series but yeah so, at the end of A Call to Arms, they say, we have five years to, to figure out this play. They've, you know, done some math and figured out, okay, the play isn't designed for humans, it's got five years, it, within five years it'll probably develop and kill everyone. So they send, so in this film, what we forgot to mention is that they felt they finished their Vorlon warships that they were working on. You know, they had said, oh, da da da, da the White Stars are, are only small cruisers, they're not good for big shit. So they have yeah. the big ass ships now. They built two of them, the Excalibur and the Victory. They they're not hundred percent complete. If I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> yeah, good enough. So in addition to their main like regular a battery of weapons and whatever else, they both have one big ass gun out of the front of the ship. So, back in 1974, in Japan, there was a TV show called The Space Battle of Yamato. Very popular, in which the Earth has one year to survive, because it's being poisoned by aliens. And in that show, the ship, the Yamato, or if you watch the American version, the Argo, has a big-ass gun on the front. This sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. And this show is, is well beloved by, by people across the world and um, came to America in the, 19, in the later 70s with the second season and was popular known as Star Blazers. Now, JMS is a noted fan of children's cartoons. He got his start uh, writing on He-Man and eventually went on to, to do some of the creative work on She-Ra. So Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters and, uh, yeah, uh, Jason the Wheeled Warriors. His early writing career is built in children's cartoons. So, the wor so clearly, I, I can't see how he missed one of the major cartoons of that time period that was instrumental in, I, I will postulate it had some effect on the idea that you can have a serial story on television, not just in soap operas. Yeah, I can see that. 
because what was cool about Yamato was each week there was development across the story in that one year time span yes I've watched both one was decent yeah one is a well-beloved classic one is a one is a totally forgotten undefended show like how many undefended shows are there a lot not really like this is the kind of show you'd assume there'd be someone holding a torch for yeah. but there are no torch holders for crusade no in uh, all honesty I, I don't look that hard but it feels like for the most part he's killed any desire to see more Babylon 5 after this yeah like yeah, I don't I don't see I don't expect I don't know if there will be and I don't self I don't know if I want him doing it no like I'm kind of done like it's just like like I wrapped up nicely then we watched this and I'm like no I'm good we're good. Not only has he killed off like Let's goodwill with fans, I feel like to make more. I feel like he's killed off goodwill with people to work with. Yeah. Because we'll discuss a little bit of his behavior about this show. Yeah. I think you, you probably know more than I do, and I look forward to that. <laughs> so, do we want to go into the series? <sighs> I think we have to. We watched it. We might as well talk about it. So basically the series is the ship trying to find a cure across the space and time. Now, I it, I kind of said this before, but it's just, this reminds me of, of like how most series have like an overarching story and a random episode here and there. This feels like the reverse, where it's a bunch of random episodes with a couple story law like story arc episodes because a lot of it seems very random and not too good um there wasn't much character development from it was very superficial well let's... there was a bit here and there and I I, I expect there would have been more had the season finished so let's talk about part of the I think to, to really discuss some of the things we're touching into, we need to discuss one of the more major problems with the show, which is chronology. Okay. Yes. And I don't... Like, we're going to get into why everything's TNT's fault. <laughs> quote, unquote. But without getting into that, suffice it to say that it seems like there were six episodes and or maybe seven, and then, for whatever reason another seven episodes got added, or six episodes, and then they kind of just crammed them all together, mixed them up, and threw them at an air date. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no real rhyme or reason. There's no... Like, I don't know... Whatever Vince Flux had is how the chronology I watched it in. Yeah. So we watched it in the original broadcast order. Which was stupid. I probably watched it in the same... Right, because there were things that were happening in the last episode that were... Like, like for instance, one of the major weird relationships 
is the relationship between the captain of the Excalibur, Matthew Gideon, and our maybe not beloved, but acknowledged captain of Babylon 5, Elizabeth Lockley. Yeah, she's still around for reasons. Right. And she's in the she's in the fucking credits, so good on her. She's um, the main character in the show. So technology kind of works like she's in an episode where they get introduced. Okay, so we're cool. She get they get introduced, everything's fine. Then she's in an episode where they're on Babylon Five and they've already met before. So far, so good. They develop a bit of a relationship. And how? Yeah. Then the last episode, she's in it, and they act like they've only met once and never had sex. And you're just like... It seems weird. The fuck? Yeah. So the problem I have is that inherently the the error order was so fucked that it created huge conflicts and an inability to allow the characters to develop even when they had material with which to develop them. Yeah, and Lockley was only in, like, three episodes. Like, the beginning, middle, and end, and that was it. And then, I, I and I don't know, like, I know, like, you're gonna know more about this Vincenzo than I do, but I know one of the Straczynski complaints was that TNT had demands. So some of those demands were, like, they wanted Ace Fighter Jock. So, so they wrote in a character that was that. He's in, like, two episodes. Maybe three. And never again. The thief that's there is only there part of the time. She's and only in, like... Her. Right. You've got... The, the Technomage is almost in as, in as many episodes as she is, and he's not supposed to be there all the time. Yeah. But he does clearly leave and come back sporadically. Right. And basically, any time they deal with Earth and the plot, she is nowhere the fuck to be found. No. Yeah. And she was actually, like, somewhat interesting of a character, but they did nothing with her. Right. We have a, a TV series taking place after the, the, the telepath war. And it was resolved. And we have no idea how or in what way, except there are quote-unquote new rules. Yeah. And they make, like, like, no mention of any of that. And I know that that's something where he keeps on saying, oh, I was going to get to that if I had gotten more seasons. I'm like, you had what you had. Maybe explain a thing. We're not asking for a lot. It was the next episode. The next episode was supposed to involve Vester. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's true, he's just like, it was the next episode, guys. I'm sure, but I mean, do you do you agree? Like, to me, even if like he gave the characters that they had the ability, like he developed them and helped them, and like everything and give them good characterization, the fact that everything's being aired out of order makes it impossible to latch onto that. Yeah. Yeah. The the the, it, it, the the lack of structure there really hurt it in one way. And that, I think that TNT takes some blame for the show. Like it has a, there's a there's a lot of blame to go around. Mm-hmm. Crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They bring about a third of it. Yeah. Like like and there are like 
the characters aren't necessarily bad, but I think part of the issue is that they they want so many characters in, but don't actually like use them all effectively. Well, it was almost like with Devil and Five, they gave us like two or three characters at a time and developed. Now they're just getting everyone all at once instead of like trickling. Well, part of the issue I think is that okay, so Babylon Five is a starship, and you were you're writing stories like you said to to focus on key characters, yeah. and you know just allowing other characters to fold in, or I'm sorry, a space station. So Excalibur is a starship, and there's no place where all the characters like if you have any Star Trek episode or any Star Trek series, there's some form of bridge. Yeah. Where all the characters get to meet up and comment on the big bad thing that's out in space. And here, here there's no there's no bridge where all the characters get to be. There's this bridge where Earth Force personnel get to be, so that's him and his lieutenant. Yeah, there's no meeting place. There's no yeah, there's no place for them all to meet. Every once in a while they're all in a conference room, but not, not really, not all of them. Only like two or three at a time. They never have yeah. all. There's always like a, like a, like a a tech crowd of characters, essentially. Yeah, they're not a crew. <laughs> yeah. They're a floating tetrad. And it usually involves Captain Gideon. Yes. I'm so fucking sick of him. <laughs> she was so weird. I don't know if it was the actor or the writing or what have you, but it was just... Did Straczynski write these episodes, or was it everyone? He wrote one, two, three... Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten episodes. All right, so he fucking went out of his mind. Like just watching some of these episodes, just watching Gideon, like listening to him talk. You're like, like yes, Garibaldi, Sheridan, they they got a little humorous. It's a little tongue in cheek. Ivanova, there was humor there, but some of the humor coming from like Gideon and to his lieutenant, everything feels so like awkward and forced and like really that's your joke so let's let's just run down the characters of whoever everyone is sure i think that's sort of important to set up what we know sure so we have, we have captain gideon who was mm-hmm. played by that guy from office space who's the boss and is now essentially existed only as a meme yes gary cole yeah you may know him from uh, west wing but you don't you know him from that fucking meme i definitely don't know him from west wing <laughs> He was the second vice president. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> that guy I almost know from Wesley. Yeah. He's like, he was kind of in the background for a little bit in the second half. Yes. Yeah, you have um, his lieutenant, John Matheson, second in command, and a uh, telepath who's played by Daniel Day Kim, who you know most likely from Lost and I think isn't he in like a Hawaii show now 5-0 yeah he was on that for a few years which is now over he got like uh, a nice seven year run or something hmm. you have at least my runner up if not my tie for best character um Max Eilerson who's played by some dude Someone who, who I felt like I saw page. him right I felt like I saw him like, he felt like an old a character from Babylon 5 that they used once. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know where he was before, but yeah. 
and he is essentially the the absolute cock version of Franklin. Yeah, but for some reason it, it works for him. <laughs> I, I think I think there's like a looping effect. It's like how bad movies cross back to good. Yeah, I think he did that for you. It, it must be. Um, no, no. You he, have he is pure country asshole. He really is. You have barely there chief medical officer Dr. Sarah Chambers. She was introduced in like the first episode and went away for like four. Yeah, she disappears so for. She's, she's more in the back. She's in the back half a decent amount, I think. She is, but I think that the, the back half are the episodes that were supposed to be first. <laughs> think yeah. so? But it's hard to there say. Are like, there are like five or six different orders of this that are listed for this show. Right. You have the thief who we've discussed. Uh, Doreen enough feel. And you have, um... Um, no. Galen we... the Technomage! Yeah. Yeah. Galen the Technomage, played by Peter Woodward. Who will, um, star next to his father in one of the episodes as a an other techno mage. Really? Yep. Yep. The... And you have Tracy Scoggins as Captain Elizabeth Lockley in three episodes, but still gets credits. She's in every opening scene of opening credits. That must have been one hell of a contract she signed. Right, I, just, yeah, I think that they assume that the full twenty two episodes and they maybe should show up more. I don't know. Yeah. I mean I feel like most of the actor were pretty good. They just your mouth. They just weren't given good enough stuff to like do with anything with. I I have to side with them. It didn't. No one struck me as untalented. It, they struck me as not having good scripting or direction. Okay. I mean, and another thing that didn't help was the CGI. Oh, like. God. They just realized they had it, and they used it all the time, and it wasn't good CGI. 8-bit Avatar of Technomage will will follow me into my nightmares. Yeah, like, it's just... (laughs) What? I should have rapid rapid of that. (laughs) It was so bad. Oh no, my liver! That's that's the kind of shit I'm talking about, though. That weird-ass humor that just... Doesn't fit. It's so that, awful. So yeah, it, it doesn't ever get the humor right. Like it uh, makes, this show makes me think that maybe Jameis isn't a great writer. He just struck gold once. It's maybe. possible. So, so before we finish talking about the characters, there's a couple of honorable mentions. Um, we have. Let's see. They use the same chick from ISN as their story lady, who no explanation is made on why she is aged so hardcore in the last year. But let's just say the Civil War and imprisonment must have been very difficult for her. And then the, and then the plague or whatever else. Right. And then um, you have the uh, crap. What's the term? The my brain's not working this week. Propagandist. The propagandist. From second season? Yeah, from like season two, I, yeah. Two or three, yeah. I think it's the episode where they signed the treaty with the Centauri. 
Yeah, two. You're right. Maybe two, yeah. So, yeah, you have that propagandist. Who's, I guess, on the side of angels now, as far as that thing goes? That goes? Sure. Let's go with that. Along with his gay... I don't know what he is. What is he? I couldn't tell. Like, the guy whose job was solely to change the uniforms where JMS wanted them to be against TNT's wishes? But they were very, very clear that he was very, very flat. Yeah. No, do more. Bad choice. Yeah. And that and let's just put the like while we're here. The uniforms are horrible. They suck and they should have changed them. Yeah, the second uniforms are awful. The characters are right. They look horrible. Yeah. I don't understand why that happened and why JMS hated the black uniforms. Just want to distinct, but they look fine. Well, here's the problem. They loaned the ship to Earth Force. It is being crewed by Earth Force personnel. Why the crap aren't they in blue Earth Force uniforms? Lockley is. She works on an Earth al- or, uh, uh, a interstellar alliance station. I think there was some line about like long-term missions got a different uniform or something. I don't know. Fuck them. They should have been in the blue uniform. Yeah, they should have been in the standard blue uniforms. I agree on that one entirely. Maybe from a production standpoint, they wanted like a distinct look for this show. Maybe. But I feel like we're like, like, I can spots. understand, but this show doesn't do it. It has that rough balance of, are we Babylon 5 season 6, or are we a different thing? Yes. It's really neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so those are, for the most part, our characters. There's some... We get to see Franklin in one episode. Yeah. Um... I don't think... The character everyone wanted to see. Yeah, seriously. I don't think we ever see another main cast member in any of the episodes. I don't think so. It's just Lockley and Frankly. Uh, Yes, technically Lockley. She was a main cast for a season. She was. Two movies. You've made me rethink my position on five, though. (laughs) I don't want her to be an apologist. Um, like in the canon of the show she is the longest serving captain of Babylon 5 yeah well how long does she stay after season 5 well you figure this is what 5 years after the show ends so even with that that's probably the longest yeah cause um, um, Sinclair wasn't like I think he was there a year before Four years, then not even like three. Well, the show was only there, was only commander for three years. Yeah. Two, three, and four. four yeah. I like that Sheridan is Gideon's hero. Yeah, that was kind of funny. And I like like okay, that was like probably the only time there in the series that I actually laughed and it deserved it was when they're having low main for dinner <laughs> and he's just like feeding her lines about has he ever been over you she's just kind of working it that was that was actually humorous that that like that hit the gold but again that's like a very Babylon 5 scene yeah yeah I must say the one 
the only episode that I really kind of enjoyed because I'm such a big X-Files person? No. <laughs> no? If no. you fucking say that, if you fucking no. say that, you're not allowed to enjoy that piece of sh- shit. <laughs> you know, that's why you love it. It was so bad. It was... No. Just no. Just just no. <laughs> oh. So we need, we need to discuss this now because... Diego, describe that. Describe visitors from down the street. I don't know how. <laughs> Alright. So, so, do you know, if you guys know the X-Files, it's basically they found alien Mulder and Scully from, like, a different world. And, like, the cigarette smoking man. And that's the entire episode. Yeah, you, you find out that an alien planet has been receiving signals from all kinds of different worlds, but our signals too. And they've been using those signals to generate uh, a fear among their populace that there's an alien conspiracy. Because before then, they were a naturally suspicious race as it is. So think Cardassian. (laughs) And they just... Humans, whatever. Right. And they decided to channel that into like fearing one alien entity instead of each other. So, they you find two characters who are Mulder and Scully, right down to the fact that her head tentacles are red. <laughs> and then, briefly later on, you get, like, the person who's, like, a big conspiracy person that, you know, definitely at, at the end, even if you didn't know it before, which you kind of did, is, like, the the cigarette smoking man, cancer man, whatever you want to call him from the X-Files show. It is just, they're wearing like the standard, like black, like standard FBI suits. Mm-hmm. It's just, the only description I have is that whoever wrote this went insane and thought this was a good idea. <laughs> I was just very by it. And it wasn't a good idea <laughs> at all. No, it was it was it was it was self-indulgent. Very self-indulgent. Like that's what this episode is. It's like self-indulgent inside joke. I mean like e- any editor would have just gone, nope, we're not doing that one. It's it's gotta be humiliating to the actors. Like they signed up to do this science fiction show where they're like whatever, like, curing Earth Plague and discovering alien technology, and he's like, no. This is what we're doing this week. X-Files. It's, it was horrible, and it's just, like, someone's gonna ask us a question about it, and we're gonna start ranting on it again, because I know there's a question involving this somewhere. <laughs> yep. And I'm gonna... self as a rant. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop it for now, but no. <laughs> just No. Just now? Just to, oh. it is maybe one of the worst episodes in the entire canon. And that is saying a lot. A long, long canon. We've been dealing with this for like two and a half years. <laughs> because nothing else really just is so fucking like up your own ass thinks you're funny. <laughs> Out of place. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> 
The writing's not even remotely good. good. Mm. Again, this series was just a bunch of random episodes with a couple story arc episodes. You, you have to give credit where credit's due. There's not an episode that goes by that they don't mention, hey, we're trying to cure this plague. But it doesn't move the story. Like No, no argument, but like they do at least reference why they're out there. It, but I think that, that overall is a flaw of the show where there's this intense, like, there should be an intensity and heat to this issue. But between the airing order and just some episodes, a lot of that is lost. Absolutely. You know, in what happens. Like, they go back to, like, the Earth system twice in the in the span of the thickened episodes. Yeah, but that said, the, the galaxy is a little smaller in the Babylon 5 universe than it is in most yeah. sci-fi. Or at least it feels smaller. Like, they could get back to Earth with, you know, five days in hyperspace. Yeah, but, but by doing that, that reduces the tension of the story. No, I agree. Yeah, it never feels like they're getting further and further away. Which it, is it, it doesn't add attention to the show and the story. Right. Like, Really, only the last episode adds a little bit of tension to what this virus can do. And ironically, since they wind up back at Earth again. Yeah. And, like, of course, that was the last episode that was actually kind of interesting. I was like, oh, hey, that's actually a good twist. Oh, and also, fun note, the only the second episode in an entire season were the Joker there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this big bad that's seeded your planet and poisoned it, and basically the rest of the fucking galaxy went, well, that really sucks. Let's cure it. No one went, maybe we should get a posse together and go fuck some shit up. Yeah. Like, they've basically just been left alone. Yeah. And the drug just went away. They didn't try to stop anyone from curing. Because you have an interstellar alliance. Yeah. With mutual defense treaties and the rest of the interstellar alliance just watched earth get poisoned said that's a shame we're really not inclined to help you and who the fuck care who are the drock again yeah it is really bizarre how well this is all human crew yeah that's i was gonna point out um and then we got pulled off into the x-files <laughs> um you're welcome. That's one of the problems I find with the show is like while there are aliens, there are no no except for the thief, there are no aliens on the ship, and that's anywhere. That feels not Babylon Five. Yeah, no, because we had no aliens all over the place. Show. Was there a Centauri? I can understand there being no Centauri because of the current state of that empire. Okay, fair enough. You can make I guess, still, I guess, a story reason for there being no or few Centauri really in, in public anymore. But there's, there's other there's, aliens. Well, there's no Narn. There's one Mimbari. And he was not a very good Mimbari. He's all like, want to break some fucking rules? Yeah. <laughs> I was at the, 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 yeah, wow, the Lanier school of uh, rangering. Yeah. He has his own little cult, I guess. No, they don't. They don't, for the most part, give you the aliens you're used to. They give you a whole bunch of new ones, but they're always like it's so 
formulaic at that point. There's no sense of culture. You've you've spent five years telling us about the Drazi, the Pakmara, the Narn, the Centare, and then you're like, never mind. It feels very Star Trek-y in the, in, in the worst possible way of, you know, crap on the forehead alien. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The only aliens around are the aliens on the planet you go to. Half of them are bad. Another half are dead. And frankly, the only time you see aliens that we know, they're out to fuck you. Like, like what possible reason does the rest of the Interstellar Alliance have for not letting Excalibur move through their territory? That makes oh, any why sense. Is Earth, like, why is this exclusively Earth Alliance? Like, like shouldn't it be Interstellar Alliance doing this entirely? Did yeah, I don't know why they decided that they would give their super cool, which is really horrible and it's a scrappy ship, ship to the Earth Alliance for this purpose. Exclusively. Exclusively. Why is it crewed by rangers? Yeah. yeah. Like, the hell. obvious competent choice. See, that would make too much sense. We can't do that. Yeah, I don't know what was going through his brain. Maybe he was like, I could do Star Trek better than they can. Mm. And he can't. He probably he, he probably could at his maybe at the at his high point, but not this. Well what I not this. I think personally that Straczynski Flash in the pan to Babylon 5. I'm starting to like that. And I think that he is probably crusade aside. A talented short story creator. Like look at like some of the most beautiful Babylon 5 episodes are Straczynski. Although that's not saying much since he wrote most episodes. But, but, still, but still, like he wrote, he wrote gorgeous self-contained episodes within the scope of Babylon 5. Yeah. And, and, like, I think that he does have that in him, but I think that this is... Like, this is just a testament to the fact that he can't put a show together. He's not a showrunner. Well, I really suspect that he must have had other people with Babylon 5, like, polishing that a lot. And that could have been Harlan Ellison really being that... that edge-sanding. And we owe our Harlan Ellison as an apology in a favor. But also, what other showrunner really wrote, like, every episode of every season of any show? No one. Like... No one does that. Yeah. I mean, for the... You know, yes, he didn't do that all, but, like, in the bulk of the third and fourth season, he does, basically. All three, all of four, all but one of five, and I think all but two of two. That's a lot of writing for any... One, let alone yeah, like a forty-five minute teleplay is not short. No, and if he's a showrunner, he's probably just not writing. He's probably doing other stuff too, along with it. He's doing like like story plotting and story editing, not just script writing, which is again a different skill. All right, so new theory I'm brainstorming here. What if he just burnt out? That could be it too. Some of his burn, I think some of his chip on his shoulder. Like, Babylon 5 did so well for him. But I don't think he's really learned that maybe he isn't as great as that show was. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't know. But, um, I mean, should we move on to the questions, or? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we've, uh, spent our spleen enough. All right. So, so we got a we got a rant from, from Daryl Surratt. We got a Daryl Surratt rant. I love it. So much as I love B5, it took season five, the movies, Crusade, and his bad, bad comics, comic runs to realize that JMS is the king of everything bad I was someone else's fault. No clueless executive forced him to do a crusade episode where the joke was the aliens were the cast of the X-Files. These are all true things. You are correct. I don't know exactly like how much like I haven't gone behind the scenes in terms of how much like oh, this is TNT's fault and this is TNT's fault, but you're right. He made some really horrible decisions in terms of writing like this episode ideas writing plot now I don't know who got to decide who the directors were but someone needs to flog most of them <laughs> that's the thing about like most TV and most movies it's a collaborative thing so it's not just one person now it's the decision to like make crappy CGI it's whoever you got for it to be the director maybe just not being able to get your script across well yeah it was a lot of little things adding up and there is no no excuse for the next class episode <laughs> no that episode should not have made it to air it's in my head now <laughs> and I can't ever get away and I get holes in there periodically <laughs> that will be your last memory it might be. I'm really worried. I'm like, if there was any higher power, the next hole that appears in my brain will be over that episode. No. That and uh, CG Gaelic. Oh, oh God, God, yes. When I have nightmares, it's going to be up him. Um, we had um, we had a question from at Twitless Kev. Is Crusade a better live action? In space battleship Yamamoto than the actual live action space battleship Yamamoto. I believe you know the answer to that. <laughs> I saw the trailer of all of that film. Oh, and I'm I sorry, I keep on minutes of it today at work mm-hmm. just to get a sense of it. It is better directed, has much better CG, better lighting, better blocking. <laughs> at, at some point, I will uh, have Diego watch it with me, and we'll discuss it. Probably dislike it. Like, I haven't heard the best things about it. And it, it is sort of clunky and long. Uh, but I also apologize for keeping I'm mispronouncing Yamato. <laughs> Something gets stuck in your head, and it's just, that's how it comes out. <laughs> um, we. But this is 13 episodes. 13 45 minute episodes. Now, David and I, I be- like, we watched the trailer. Yeah. For, for Space Battleship Yamato. And the trailer was better than 13 episodes. In all respects, really, just now, like from what, like well, from what I've been told, it's like a decade released a decade later. Yeah, it's so a 2010 versus tw- like 1989. So, not 1989. 1999. 1999. There you go. Yeah. So that explains some things, but still, like, but the problem is that, like, there were better effects most of the time in Babylon 5. 
Yeah, because I feel like they didn't abuse the CG. That's probably it. They were um, much more conservative about what they did with CG. Yeah. So I know trailers are cut to put your best foot forward, but like, like there was like just the limited trailer thing. I'm like, this definitely has better direction. Yeah. Absolutely. And I never really like was have been one to notice direction, but like this has really brought it to the forefront in my mind. Like, crusade and going, fuck this. Yeah. I kind of watch the commercials for this show and see if they look compelling. Mm. If any of them really up here, I found one on YouTube. I'll watch it later. <laughs> All right. So, um, we have, uh, let's see. We have a t- from Grant the Thief. We're gonna save those for the next episode because those are sort of better final thought components. Oh, okay. okay. I'm sorry. Uh, but we do have. We'll take a couple of um, comments from uh, uh, at its basal time. Um, he wants to know if we're okay. No. No. Um, he says, no, really? You guys good? No. <laughs> no, we did do one damage to ourselves right for no reason. Um, we apparently hate ourselves <laughs> and want to spread that hate like the Transformers virus. No, this is a warning. <laughs> really this company. show is a warning to all of you. Do not watch Crusade. Do not think it's a good idea to watch Crusade. Now, I know some of you like to challenge, like, be ironic and whatnot and be like, oh, they hate it. I bet I'll love it. No. Don't do this. We love no, no, no. you. <laughs> if Diego and I agree that something is bad, it's probably bad. And not, like, salvageably bad and not, oh, like, check out how bad like, this is. <laughs> Like, there are maybe three watchable episodes in the entire season. And e- even them, you'd be better off skipping through large swaths of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, I hated the stupid, like, Technomage episode when I first watched it. Like, no, that was one of the better episodes. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> like, it was fucking stupid. But at least it was entertaining in the level of sea of scenery chewing that Peter Woodward and Edward Woodward do. Mm, yeah. Because they only keep acting more. <laughs> it builds up. It's a supernova. <laughs> um, they compete for like they're like Nicolas Cage levels of acting. Well lastly it's basal time. I'd like to know if we've watched anything good recently. Obviously you know not this. Um I watched um Leading up to Halloween, I watched uh, a, f- a small film called Prodigy that was really fun. It's a horror movie that's one of those pieces where it's just like basically two actors going forward. One of them's like a 10-year-old girl and one of them's her psychologist and she has superpowers. It's pretty good. Um, and I discovered over the weekend that they put two collections of Jeopardy on Netflix and I've been watching the crap out of Jeopardy. <laughs> Really? I love Jeopardy. I didn't know that they put it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's all their Tournament of Champions. Oh, okay. Um, and there was a guy from New Jersey. Ooh. He didn't do too bad either. Good for him. a highly educated state. Um, I actually just watched the Maniac with Jonah Hill and 
Emma, Emma Stone on Netflix. How was that? I enjoyed it, but it's weird. I don't know how to explain it properly. It's I, I enjoyed it, but it's definitely a very weird mini series. So if you want something weird, watch it. Like I, I would recommend it. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Speaking of Netflix, I watched House on Haunted Hill. Jesus Christ, it's probably the best thing Netflix has done. Really? Holy crap, it's good. Now, is it how scary is it? Who like horror? It's it's a it's kind of like um a remix of the 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 novel. Okay. So like none of it's the same as the novel, but they use like pieces and ideas and names and such. It's very if you don't like if you like your TV to be chronological and safe, not the show for you. But if you like there, I had to go back and watch a few episodes again after I finished because I'm like, oh shit, I was not aware of what was actually happening. Well, I feel like that's the nice thing about kind of today's TV or people making TV series, quote unquote. A lot more people are taking chances on stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, across the board, brilliant acting, great storytelling, wonderful effects. Like this is like if you if you don't mind just watching scary television, it's for you because they they do. This is what horror should be in a TV show because horror is about characters and they make it their goal to tell you about these characters. Okay. Yeah, I don't plan on watching it, but um, I've heard everything I've heard says it's good. Yeah, I wouldn't make, like no, don't watch it. Yeah, I wouldn't make you watch it, even though like if you were different than who you are, it might be a podcast thing. <laughs> but I would never do that. I mean, I'd watch it if you want. If you, if you wanted the podcast, then I would. I I wouldn't make you do that, but it's enough for me to know that I've seen it, and I'm telling you people out there that listen to us that if you. If you like horror and you don't mind being scared, you should watch it because it's good. It plays the scary subtly so that when it does do it, it makes it count. Okay. What are you even watching that's good, uh, Vincenzo? I really have been watching much that isn't Crusade uh, recently. I've started watching the newest season of uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, which is starting off pretty well. It's got a nice visual setting to it. Which seems to have a lot more drive to the story than it did last season, at least at the beginning. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Okay. Yes, season okay. five. And I also recently read a novel by John Scalzi, The Collapsing Empire, which, if you're looking for a decent piece of science fiction, you you can do worse. It's relatively short, and it's sort of about an empire that. Um, it's built around sort of the way they can travel to hyperspace, instead of how they've built their empire out. And we learn sort of early on that there is some issues and that that stream is collapsing. And sort of it's what that means for different parts of the empire and how how that affects business and how that affects government within that story. Um, so check that out if, you, if you're interested. I did read um, Elevation by Stephen King. It's his new novel. Um, while I recommend it, I do not recommend it at the price they're giving it. It is a novel. Let no one convince you otherwise. <laughs> do not pay novel prices for your novella. And it is, it's very political in certain ways. 
Um, but it's kind of it's like a modern fairy tale. It's very And uh, I've been rereading like a crap ton of DC comics. I don't really but all those JMS stories. No, although I like like see, yeah, you, know, you mentioned bad comics and I didn't mind grounded, but he didn't grounded, which is the Superman storyline he was doing. I never read his Wonder Woman storyline, but I'll tell you, I really did like what he did in Spider Man. I, I like like his run of Spider Man is one of my favorite runs. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, I think I read a little bit of that. It wasn't bad. I think it's one of those he gets crap for doing, like, some weird things that are a little off the wall, that are a little more out there. Mm-hmm. That are a little riskier. And then with, I think, when he leaves or gets pulled. But he also, like, leaves things at, like, at issue six. Yeah, yeah he actually did a, a, a good run of Spider-Man for Superman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, and my wife and I have been watching It's Her Pick for TV, and she picked Dance. So we are moving toward the end of The Expanse, uh, the end of the third season. And it's been... I didn't want to like it, but it is engaging. I've heard, I've heard a lot of good things about that. Me too. You'll watch it, and you'll probably like it. I, I can't be for certain, because you can be a little curmudgeonly sometimes, but... It can be, but... No... If I watch if I if I watch a whole show, it's hard for me to hate the whole thing. Mm, that's right. Because you watch so much of it, you'll find the good things to like latch on to to keep yourself going. I, I will say the one unless it's fucking crucial. Right. <laughs> Fuck this show. The, the one thing that's a little difficult is um, there is a like the humans that have settled in the the asteroid belt of the solar system have their own language. And they make it's kind of cool because they make very strong use of the language and very thick accents, but it can make it a little difficult to actually know what the fuck people are saying. But um, so yeah, we've we have I we have insulated ourselves somewhat from Crusade, but it sounds like by reading and watching things. Yeah, we'll try our best. And um, encourage you like I I will make this final plea. To anyone within the sound of my voice, don't do this. We've done it for you. We're here to tell you it is not worth it. We fell on the sword for you. We fell on the sword. Notice, like, make notice that no one talks about Crusade. There's a no reason for that. Yeah. If all the if all the files were deleted of this show and all, all the DVDs were buried next to next to copies of ET. It would be no loss to civilization. It's a good thing we don't we like hide what we're thinking and feeling. But it's not really our job. <laughs> <laughs> Nor even if it, even if it wasn't our job, but it's not really our, we're not getting paid for this. You know what I mean. We still would like go to the tallest building, and just yell "fuck crusade." It's yeah. true, but task that we've taken upon ourselves is to review things yes. for the world. On our five-year mission. We're almost done. We have, like, what, one more episode? We have one more episode of the Babblecast left, and all geeks will continue as normal with the occasional guest star. When we feel like, we're like, no, he's gotta see this. I feel that's exactly this what's gonna happen. He's like, I'm just gonna text you real quick. I'll be like, Dave, Dave, go watch this. Just go, just go. 
Don't watch this be at my house in two days. <laughs> How long is it? 52 episodes. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, our final episode of the Babblecast will come to you sometime in December. Uh, we'll record it before then, but these things take time. Uh, and it's going to be the Lost Tales movies. And again, as we've discussed, if some sort of AV media comes out for Babylon 5 in the future, we will t- return. We will get the band back together and do that. But for all intents and purposes, God, I hope, the next episode of the Babelcast will be the last of the Babelcast. And we will return to doing that thing we do a little more often. The thing we did back in, like, the summer of 2015, when this didn't take up half of our podcasting time. We might actually watch more than an anime. <laughs> yeah, more than one TV series a year that isn't called Babylon 5. <laughs> we do have, um, there, there may be another uh, TV series on the docket in January. We'll talk. There's something. It's, it might, it's a little far out yeah, there. We don't want to talk about it yet, but um, but we're, we'll get there, and that might be one where we do, in fact, uh, recruit our uh, our co-host David from the Babblecast to uh, watch with us. Yeah. That might be... That's probably a good idea, but we'll, we'll talk more as we get closer. Yeah. yeah he can't escape that one. <laughs> yes, he, 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 he can... He can be like... No, I'm cool. <laughs> I've done my time. <laughs> I, I served my nickel. <laughs> We're in your house. <laughs> David just goes over there and carries him out. No, no. I don't want a podcast. You're podcasting. I served my time. <laughs> I just, We're so close now. We're going to Hannibal Lecter card. We're so close. Um... But in the meantime, we are, are eagerly awaiting our Anime Secret Santa selections. We have sent in our recommendations to those unknowing people that were assigned to us. I was kinder this year, for the record, than I've been in the last three, so that's good. Oh, you're going to get some sort of weird negative thing. I am, because I was really... I was really quite nice, which means someone's going to make me watch as close to tentacle porn as they can get. <laughs> yep. Do they have a bar where you, they say you can't count? The they say no porn. That's okay. a rule. <laughs> that's a good rule. I feel like that's a good rule. But, um, uh, we'll, we won't be able to tell you who or what, but you will, I'm sure, hear it in our side comments. <laughs> And you'll be able to look forward to that releasing Christmas Day. Or close there, too. Yeah, sometime in that range. We, we do our best. I think last year's the first year where it just didn't work out. Yeah, it's it's been like the 26th for a few, a few years. Like maybe a year or two now, just because of our, um, the amount of podcasting time we get. Right, right. But it should be good this year. But in the meantime, this is... Us from All Geeks Considered Sub Podcast, the Babblecast, signing out. We're almost free. We're almost free of the curse. Attica. <laughs> Do we have uh, to pass the curse on to someone else? Is that how no, it works? No. 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 I think when we finish is the curse lifts. Oh, that's nice of us. This has been another episode of the Babblecast, a production of All Geeks Considered. 
You can find this episode and all other episodes at www.allgeekconsidered.com. You can find Vinny on Twitter at VinnyAvAGC. You can find Diego at, at DM underscore AGC. And you can find David at HappyGoLucky1 on Twitter. And you can also find his knitting work at The Bent Knitter, which you can find on YouTube and Facebook. And remember to follow uh, All Geeks Considered on Twitter at at AGC underscore blog. And you can follow and you can uh, like us on Facebook. We would really appreciate that. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher to get us more listens. And please rate and review us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. 